guys welcome back to another episode we tried to previously record it just a few moments ago and it recorded 30 seconds so we're just going to restart um my name is kiara and you guys are listening in to the podcast for spirituality um in this podcast i have my lovely friends and clients um rose and eric mccure and we are going to be talking about a very specified topic in our spiritual adventures but before we get into that I am actually sitting with them and having this amazing tea, and what am I drinking? Uh, so we are drinking the Breathe Deep Tea, which is a mix. It's got licorice, eucalyptus, um, a bunch of good stuff in there. I forget, but those are the two of the, uh, the big flavors that I get. It's awesome, man. Um, so going back into it, since we already started this, we're going to do it just a little bit different. I'm going to introduce our episode that we're doing. This is, um, we've been doing episodes in the past. I just haven't released them into the public. So this is going to be our first publicized, uh, topic event. We are talking about awakening and sacred medicine in this chat. In this episode, we're met with both Rose and Eric McCure and their spiritual experiences related to their awakenings, childhood, and personal drives in understanding what is beyond us. Join us as we venture deep into the abyss of the mind and how to develop a relationship with your intuition in finding your own sacred medicine, tools, and inner gifts. So backing up to where we were discussing, um, this experience came to them in a very particular way. So was there someone who facilitated this awakening and who were they to you? Uh, yes, I had made a friend uh, just in this last year, this very crazy year, and uh, her name is Bhavani. Um, and she had brought up... Uh, trying DMT, something she was familiar with and um, knows a number of people who are very familiar with it. So um, I trusted her and uh, which, you know, normally would be more timid, um, but I felt like she knew what she was doing and I was in a safe place, safe space. So just so happened that um, we were able to try it, um, had the time and it was literally the day before she moved away. So we just went for it. <laughs> Pretty awesome. Um, when we're talking about the experience, um, I had mentioned it previously that Pavani is one of those people, as they described to me, where she has this really fun and um, kind of a kooky personality, um, beautiful, very in her power when she's holding the sacred space for the medicine, but also just that fun personality. Um, I know for myself, um, it, especially being a spiritual practitioner, I have a hard time with uh, not taking things too seriously. And I definitely want to be uh, conscious of that when working with people. So that's like that inspiration that brings it in. Um, with the experience, what happened and what led to it? Where were you? Um, well, uh, we were at her house, as I said, and right before she was moving the very next morning. So the house was um, mostly empty, just had a couch and a colored light bulb, which um, she had turned to purple because that seemed like the best color for this sacred medicine that we were about to try and uh, um, and we just had the opportunity which I think um, Eric was saying <laughs> a lot of crazy energy crazy year this opportunity just seemed to present itself and rather than um, think negatively or question it or be fearful we just trusted her and went for it which is pretty awesome because uh, especially when doing like a new experience, it's like you feel like apprehensive, like, am I doing the right thing? Should I be doing this? I don't know. Okay, let's do it. Um, we were talking about what the sacred medicine was that we're um, discussing in the moment. Um, DMT is something that is a recurring um, chemical that's actually in the brain, in the body. Um, it moves through the system, but it gets... Uh, 
broken down rapidly too quickly um, because we have our enzymes inside of our body called the monoamine oxidases, yeah, I said it right this time, the MAOs that are in your liver and the gastrointestinal um, tract. So the DMT is not able to um, create as powerful of a experience that way. But um, in concentrated uh, amounts, um, it can actually become uh, more powerful. So the MAO inhibitors, um, they allow the DMT to take effect. Um, when they are uh, combined, they can actually create this experience that um, your body goes into a state of, how would you guys explain the experience? Uh, well, I mean, it's like mind-blowing <laughs> would be a good way to start. Um, the, the difference between um, like other hallucinations those were definitely, you know, you feel a little different, you see things a little differently. Sometimes it can be more intense than that. Um, this was like just going to a completely different world, um, like inside of your own head. And the level of, you know, of things that you see um, are, you know, mind-blowing, amazing colors and, you know, shapes and things like that. Um, but also like the impressions that you get from the lack of time. Um, you, you hit a point where you feel like time is not linear and you understand that in a, in a very different way um, during that experience. So I think that was definitely two of the, the first things that struck me um, with the initial experience. It's just that uh, overwhelming, um, just not total loss of self, but I, I was closed my eyes. I had no real like need to see crazy visuals out in the regular world. It's like I went into my brain. Um, was the way that the, the first time felt for me. It's an interesting concept, especially talking about like going within, like the inner brain. Um, we have a tendency to. Uh, look at like the different parts of our system and we want it to be um, simplistically understood but people are like I see I hear I touch I feel I believe right mm -hmm. but there are times when your mind um, they say your mind's playing tricks on you which I doubt <laughs> I feel like we have these um, these inhibitors in our brain that tell us that something's happening and w our job is to translate okay what is happening so I'm sure it would be amplified on that level to, to a degree. What about for you, Rose? Like, what would you say was your initial reaction to the experience? Um, initial, uh, well, it, it happens immediately. So that was something I thought there was going to be a little bit of a time. But no, you <laughs> sort of drop out of what you understand as reality and you're suddenly like you're still in everything's the same everyone's still there but it uh yeah it doesn't look the same it's like vibrant colors i saw numbers everywhere everything turned into numbers but they didn't you know, everything was the same it was just covered in numbers and colors and however i uh, was feeling and uh and you could explore that or you could just shut your eyes and go as i was saying like go inside yourself, inside your own mind, go deeper and just kind of hang out there and see if anything, you could hear anything or see anything, but it didn't feel like this world. It felt like an entirely different dimension <laughs> for a yeah. moment. And that's like, when she said that initially before, where she's like, I saw numbers, I was like, oh my gosh. So uh, I remember Da Vinci, um, he actually discussed that the, the world is numbers, like the mind is numbers, things are numbers. And I think Einstein brought it up when he was doing um, some of his work, especially when he was working on um, dimensional warping and electromagnetic fields, um, along with Tesla and a couple of other people, that numbers is, it's not only its own language, but it's a universal language. So the fact that in that experience you translated, your brain translated that, that is spectacular to me. So, 
Um, what other things do you remember? Um, how, like, did it take, did it take the experience that you had? Did you take away from it what you wanted or did you expect something else? Um, I guess I didn't really have a lot of expectations. So I, I did come out of it uh, very grateful that, um, uh, the understanding that things are just not what they seem and that there's something else, something so much bigger that you could just sort of touch for just a second. Um, cause it doesn't, I mean, it lasted what, 10 to 15 minutes, but again, you don't really understand time, but that was why, why Bhavani was there to, she was keeping time and she was keeping track and she was letting us have this experience. But that was another thing, the absence of time and then knowing that time wasn't linear and that you don't have to worry about like all the things that you worry about when you trudge through your day to day to day to day life in this body, that if you realize that, you know, yesterday, today, tomorrow is all kind of just your one big experience and you can kind of relax a little bit. Yeah. Very interesting. What about for you? Um, I think, so like we initially, we'd done it um, first time and it was just kind of uh, blown away uh, by the experience. And I, I definitely got the sense, the same as she was saying, of like uh, more of almost like a different dimension or being able to see something more than I could before. Um, and I kind of, it like, it hit me really, really hard actually that I was just like, wow, this is a very powerful tool. And I, after the kind of the first one had worn off, we kind of relaxed and we talked for a few more minutes. And then I had asked if I could try it again. And that time I had more of a, a desire to do work there, um, to try to do something and with the experience and not just, you know, now that I've taken it in and kind of was just like, oh, okay, wow, this is, you know, happened and this is something very big. What can I, what do I do now going back in? So I kind of went in with the second time with more of a, like a direction of trying to see more, um, I also got the impression that there was somebody nearby, like a, not necessarily a person, but just off to the side. And they were showing me a certain amount. And uh, so, yeah, just trying to look deeper and, and again, try to establish, okay, what can I, what can I do here? What can I learn here? Um, and like, where do I go from here now, now that I have this basis of knowledge? Um, so yeah, that, from the first to the ex second experience, that's when I kind of got a little bit more focus, I think. I think um, something to, to note, especially, because I'm going to come back to why we're talking about it this way. I kind of want to get you guys, um, the listeners, into perspective of um, just who they are, you know, in their day-to-day -day lives versus what the experience gave to them. So, um, Eric, if you want to tell us a little bit about, like, your profession, who you are, like, where you came from, little, you know, something, something, something for everybody. Uh, yeah, sure. So, um I, you know, was in the military um, for uh, several years. So, I mean, I, I've, I came from like a science and logical background, um, but my family was uh, very open to, um, we were not uh, stuck religiously. Uh, my parents encouraged us to read all religious texts and, you know, kind of make up our own mind. Um, so I think that I had a good base for be, being a kid and, and being open to certain things. Um, but then obviously, you know, going into the military and, and doing that kind of stuff, I, I am still somewhat logical and more, you know, straight, straight edged, but you know, I, I have an open mind, but I live my life pretty normally, I would say on my day to day. Um, I work in uh, the restaurant industry now, 
uh, manage a restaurant. And uh, so... Totally different world. <laughs> yeah, yeah, totally different. And, uh, you know, I like it. I like interacting with people. Um, uh, it is challenging every single day. You are going to have something new and something different. I like that. Um, I don't do well. Like That's why I actually didn't really love the military or stay in the military is because it is so regimented and so, you know, just stiff and you're not going to get much change and things. Um, so yeah, nowadays it, I, I enjoy dealing with people. Um, it can be a little exhausting at times and even if you're not sensitive uh, to like energies and things like that, I still feel everybody is sensitive to people's energy that they're sending at you emotionally so I feel like they're also just very sensitive lately in general so I'm sure that that's been a little bit of a challenge yeah yeah definitely much higher level um but uh you know sensitive people often. <laughs> um I uh I'm a musician um in my spare time as well um I have done martial arts so I've learned some of the eastern philosophies as well I really um, like Taoism mm -hmm. because it doesn't really claim to have an answer or know exactly or and it tells you if you know you can define something then you're not telling it right you're not you yeah. know, words sometimes can lack um, through some of that so um, you also I, have this amazing koi <laughs> pond in their kitchen by the way that has these kois <laughs> yep yeah um i like animals um i'm a sucker for animals uh and i believe when you take on a pet that you have a you know responsibility to that animal so yes these fish have taken on a, <laughs> a much bigger part of my life they, they need a lot of care um but it's great and it's calming and uh, I like to fish as well um, because, again, I like to be by the water, I think, is a calming place and the fish very uh, zen-like. <laughs> but uh, It's kind of a perfect like transition because we have wonderful Rose who just so happens to be the, the sign of the fish. So. That's right. <laughs> but um thank you yeah uh like meeting him especially during the first time i met them with the reading and everything it was yeah like they have quite a array of talents and like especially eric like himself has a lot of varied um experiences and then rose um she has this amazing dad energy influence in her life that I will want to do like even if it's like one episode just on that someday um, Rose tell us a little bit about you and, and what you do and where you came from and stuff Alrighty. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> well uh, I grew up in the south um, and uh, it was a lovely childhood and yes I was uh, influenced heavily by my father who um, was a seeker of truth. So uh, I did grow up um, Catholic, so I had to kind of undo some of those some of those things that kind of warps your brain a little bit. No offense to anybody out there. It's just, uh, that can't be like the whole answer, just that. So um, just as a you know, seeker of truth um, in my life, like try to learn as much as I can. That's how this relates to seeking um, spiritual experiences, connections, you know, um, in my day-to-day -day life, uh, you know, I do also see a lot of people and, you know, you, I feel like you trudge through your days and you see all these crazy people all the time and you, you do what you can. I also work in the restaurant, but that's just something I do that I enjoy that I happen to make money doing. Um, but other than that, I, uh, certainly not my focus mm -hmm. um, I don't really know where to go from there you're <laughs> an amazing artist as we mentioned earlier um, tell us a little bit about why you started doing a bottle cap art um, well I had all these bottle caps around <laughs> and uh, I think it was before the pandemic but then when that happened I suddenly had 
lots of time mm -hmm. um, to start you know messing around with some of these. Um, but the first one I had done was all um, symmetrical, geometric. Just I liked the way it looked. Just kind of gave me this peace of mind to make something that just I don't know something soothing about that. And I, maybe I'm going back to numbers again, like everything being numbers and and shapes. And I just it felt nice to make something like that. And then I've made a few more um, that actually are more like a representation of something that I want it to look like, but just using like mosaics, using tiny little pieces to make something larger. It's, uh, it's something I'm going to keep doing probably forever. So. <laughs> and it's really cool because um, that for that moving into why I, I wanted you guys to hear about them um, in their experience in the deeper parts when you go back into okay they, they had to go in you know um, Eric had mentioned that they were going back into their brain um, and what that would translate to is um, maybe the way that her art or her translation is roses um, with the bottle caps is something that is interesting because it's a it's an outwardly expression but it's possible that it could also be a translation of a deeper part of the spirit, you know? And for Eric with his deep connection with the water and having married someone who has very much very watery energy, um, it's interesting how we, we translate things subconsciously in the present and then when we go a little bit deeper and we're connecting with that higher self, what that looks like for us and what you see. Um, if you guys uh, have any other experiences with that, did you do it multiple times? Like, what were other things that came up for you guys in the experience? Uh, yeah, so we've uh, tried it a few more times. Um, it uh, we definitely took our time for the next one, um, just because again, it's it's very um, it's very powerful experience uh overall and it's it's not something again like just a said but it's not like a recreational thing you know and uh she uh was actually a little bit nervous um the second time because there seems to be uh layers at least for us and getting through to certain parts um can be difficult. It's kind of, it's a little hard to explain, but both, so the first time we did it, I think the, the colors and the, the level and feeling that we went to was, was very deep. And the second time we did it, um, it wasn't with Bhavani, we didn't, it was a new um, medium for us. It was the same medium, but it was a different, um, mixture of it mm -hmm. and so we were a little hesitant of how much you know and to do um, to get back to the proper place what was the difference like how was it distributed uh, so we uh, got it through a vape cartridge um, and so vaping things obviously can be difficult to measure dosaging mm -hmm. on it because um, the breath and yeah the amount of breath yeah. and things like that um, and then also like how long you hold it um, to get to that certain level. So like the second time we did it, uh, it wasn't as deep, it wasn't as far, and went to a very sterile, like gray, cartoony looking place. Um, so the best we could describe is it almost felt like a, like a waiting room or like a not a bathroom, but like it was a sterile environment that was devoid of the, the level of the emotional feeling, um, the color, um, all that. Mm -hmm. um, but it was strange because I, we both had the feeling that we've been there before because mm -hmm. we kind of transitioned through that, I think, first time. So, uh, And this was all facilitated by Pavani, yeah? Well, at this point, she had moved away, so this okay. one was on our own. Okay. So again, this one was, now we were at home in our own um, bed, which was nice. It was a comfortable environment. Mm -hmm. I think it was very essential um, for it, is to be in a good headspace, be in a good, comfortable environment, feel secure, 
That's pretty much, I, I feel like that's with any type of um, sacred medicine. Like, you need to make sure that you're ready for the medicine. Um, the medicine has to call to you as well if you're not ready for it. Um, it's not something, as we said earlier, that you could do recreationally. And um, if preferred, definitely facilitated by somebody who can hold space for you. But if you feel comfortable um, in that, you're ready to do that, then of course that would be your call so yeah and that's what we did is we like would do it separately the first time we did it we did it at the same time with someone else facilitating so interesting yeah this time it was just kind of too you know and I, I was more secure that i knew she was there mm-hmm. and was in a you know a normal headspace um and then i was you know made sure i was good and then um when she did it um, so then I kind of uh, did it uh, again. So each time that we've kind of done it, it's kind of been like a, you do like a one time and then you kind of do it again. Mm-hmm. And it, it's very powerful at first. So the first one can be a little bit overwhelming or in that case it was a little underwhelming. And then so the second time I knew that I needed to do a little bit more and try to shift my focus away from that area. And so I ended up doing a lot more and it went very, very deep to the point where like it was almost like it came back to reality, like somewhere else in like a whole different world. And there's that sense of loss of time. And so I was almost living something else for a little while. And then I realized like, no, wait a second, like I am... I'm not here, I'm someplace else, I'm in my head creating this. Um, almost, you know, very much like a dream. Huh. And when you're in the dream, you know, the reality there feels very real. Mm-hmm. Um, but when you leave the dream, you know that it's like, it's different. Uh, but at the time, like I said, I saw, you know, amazing light, like I've never seen before. It's hard to describe like a gold, Amber, um, at one point it felt like I was actually like in a hospital or in surgery. Um, and I was, um, feeling her fear, uh, because she didn't want to go back to the gray place. So I kind of was, was feeling her fear while I was there and something said to me, um, you don't have to be afraid. Like of this place, but this is not, uh, you come here for a reason. It's not something that you just are, you know, just doing. And so it was reassuring afterwards in that experience, coming back out of that one, that I was like, okay, like I get this a little bit more now, mm-hmm. you know. Um, there was, um, when we were, we did, so we did this pre, uh, question thing where we sat down, um, not too long ago to, uh, figure out what we wanted to go in this direction for the, the talk. And what was funny is he's literally talking about like how the experience was. And my question was, how did you verify that this is what happened? Um, so, I mean, again, it's, it's a feeling, it's an impression I can say based off of some of my previous experiences with other um, sacred medicines uh, or at that time what I was just doing recreationally, you know, mm-hmm. as like, like a kid and the, the feeling that you get afterwards is more of the justification or the... It's like a knowing. Yeah, yeah. like a, just a knowing. And you know that the same way, like when you have a really powerful dream, like that happened, Mm -hmm. you created that entire reality in your head. Mm -hmm. So even if this experience was entirely in my head, I went to such a different space in my brain, Mm -hmm. you know, to be able to understand that even just, you know, regular physiology, regular chemistry, if this is doing it by science, why is our brain set up to have those experiences and do things like that and have a feeling of timelessness and understanding that, um, you know, 
just that that to me i mean i can't produce physical proof if i could ask for lottery numbers or mm -hmm. right. something like that i will you know come through with those and let you know <laughs> um but i definitely got the feeling that um certain things were outside of myself you know what i mean yeah. like the like the voice or the entities that i felt um were not me were not created by my brain so and, let's talk about those guys actually yeah. that's what did they uh did they talk to you how did they interact with you um well i have had experience before in um dreams uh sometimes they have very lucid um, dreams and I was having an experience one time in a lucid dream and I was uh, trying to uh, I figured out flying which is always fun yes and then I was <laughs> like well, like this is a dream I can do whatever I want so then I was like these walls aren't here so mm -hmm. I tried to stick my head through a wall and I plumped my head in the dream and then I was like no like you don't like just do it you know what I mean like same way kind of like flying so i was like just playing around in the lucid dream and then all of a sudden there was an old man sitting cross-legged um in the room behind me and i had just like faced through the wall or whatever and he I, he said something and i turned around and i was like oh and he said this is just the beginning and uh it kind of scared me mm -hmm. uh, a little bit because again, I knew that, that he was not part of my dream because I had total control at that point. Mm -hmm. And so I was like, like, and it, it literally like shook me out and woke me up straight from there because it, it hit me so hard. Um, and I actually uh, shied away from those experiences for a while because it was like very shaky and very jarring at first. It's very interesting because um, I know this is talking about something that's fictional, but is it really fictional, right? The movie Inception. So in Inception, they talk about that, where the more lucid you are in the dream, the more that you're countering whatever the experience is, the mm -hmm. more that the things, the part of the brain that control the dream, notice that you're out of, out of the experience. And so when you completely phased out of your experience period, like you went through the wall and then you saw this other, you know, being, the question that arises in my head is, okay, you're in dream state. So does that mean that you just push past your brain? You know uh, what I mean? Yeah, yeah. And I think like what it is, is it, it's a combination, in my opinion, of there is, there's energies and there's things out there um, all the time, uh, we kind of talked about the, the you know the other way the other day about like radio signals mm -hmm. being through the air. Um, they're going through your head. They're going through everything all the time. Mm -hmm. When you turn tune to one radio station, you only get that signal. It's almost like you are you are in your brain, but you are now onto a wavelength that other things are able to communicate or can enter into the same spaces as you. It's like a little bit of both. It's your brain, but your brain is also interpreting all that that's more than that's what you even see out there. Mm -hmm. um, so it's outside of you and it's inside of you at the same time. It's my impression of it. It's almost like the wall is the dial and like you, when you went through it, it's almost like you switched the dial too. Like if we're talking about it as an analogy, so it's kind of interesting. Um, obviously, things are not that simple in three D, but just to kind of put it into perspective. Yeah, no, absolutely. Um, and it would be so like that one was like I said, it was it was jarring, and I and I didn't uh, try to do like try to dream as deeply for a while, and then this experience. Um, I, the first time I got the impression that there was somebody there just off to the side and I, when I could start to physically move, I tried to turn my head to see out of my peripheral, but they stayed just out of my field of vision. Huh. Um, they, the second time was, I didn't see anyone, but there was more of a, uh, like a voice or like an impression 
left in my mind. Uh, the other time that um, we've done it, because it's been three times now. And this is the DMT part? Yeah. Okay. And the third time that uh, we did it, I was trying to find them. And so the second time was when you saw them, but they were just out of your peripheral? First time I saw them just out of my peripheral. Okay. Second time I heard from them. Okay. Um, and then the third time I like really went looking for them. Okay, interesting. Okay. Yeah. And the third time, what I saw, again, like a dark kind of figure um, and two hands holding a mirror hmm. at an angle. And I remember it hitting me that it was a very specific angle, and it reminded me of the angle that you would like you see on the Pink Floyd cover of oh, yeah, you know, the, the classic the, the prism. Yeah. And it hits at once, and then it goes through at that angle, and that's what splits it into all of those amazing colors. Um, but all of those exist at the same time. So it was kind of like they were trying to show me like. This world isn't real either, mm -hmm. you know, like what we, the regular world we live in, you get that, but it is real, but it's also not all of it, right. not seeing everything all the time. Yeah. And this place is the same way. <laughs> you're not full, you're seeing more, but it's still a little bit skewed. Um, it's not like, it, it's not like it's the afterlife or it's, it's a dead or it's a certain place. Like you said, it's kind of like an in-between place like you can facilitate some communication of this stuff um it's interesting too because when um we're talking about history mixing with these experience um the ancient egyptians specifically used mirrors to bring light into their pyramids right so it's interesting mm -hmm. but keep going um yeah no absolutely um and light is a big part of it um anytime that i've done it like there's the most, it's like a light comes on in my mind. And it's it's like the most brilliant like light you've ever seen. And again, you get that impression that uh, like even maybe like the white light that we see is not the full light right. that's possible. Mm -hmm. And I mean, we know that again, just from a scientific point, there are creatures on this planet that can see colors that we can't see. Yeah, like you know? bats, even though they say the bats are blind. Well, <laughs> technically, they can see in sonar. Can you see in sonar? <laughs> right. Yeah. No, I mean, that's an extremely good point, yeah. you know, to what, like, their brain is using that to form a picture in their, their head of right. their surrounding environment. Um, so, yeah, you know, it's... Uh, but they definitely were not ready to reveal themselves. Mm -hmm. And um, I asked the question, are you benevolent? And I got like a funny response that was like, maybe you don't know what that word means. And they weren't trying to be deceptive or like a wise ass type of response, but like very literal, you know, and I was like, actually, you're right, maybe I don't know exactly what that means, like, kind of in the way of, like, is there really benevolence? Is that, can that be a thing? Um, so, yeah, and then, actually, the last time was the, after you did a reading for us, um, the next morning, we both had craziest dreams and just repeatedly back into like wake up go straight back into like a lucid dream uh, and I was again on a mission to find somebody when you uh, went back into yeah, the dream went back into the, just this was just normal dreaming wow. morning time and so I was walking around my dream and I was like just asking people like Hey, do you have anything to tell me? Like, okay. you have something? You know, anything? And they were just kind of like, they were Anybody. all, yeah. Then they were all just normal, like dream, like you would say, like in the Inception type of thing. Yeah. They were like, what, what are you no, doing? Like, Go no, back to the normal yeah. dream. <laughs> and then there was a like little like gnome-looking guy. Nice. And he looked at me, and he like went like this, and then he started running, and I was like. 
that's the guy. <laughs> and I tried to chase him down. Um, but uh, he just, I couldn't, couldn't get him. Um, this dream should be a movie. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it was the best thing. Yeah. So that, that's my experience with what I felt like were, what you would say, like entities or right. yeah, something like that. Did they tell you anything specifically um, that people should know or like that you, did you get any answers? Um, uh, no, no, not yet. Um, I think the, the one experience, that, the first one with the old man saying this is just the beginning, um, that was probably, you know, the most powerful. Um, and I get the impression now that I need to do more work before they're ready to, like, I don't know the right questions to ask. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? And so I'm looking for people, but I'm just like, when you find them, what am I going to do with them? Um, so, yeah, it's, uh, uh, I mean, the only other thing that they had said that I took away from that I told um, Rose was that uh, you, you didn't have to be afraid. And I felt that that was uh, honest, you know, to that, um, of that place. You, you know, it's, it can be scary, but you don't have to be afraid. What's interesting is um, recently I looked into, I watched TikTok, I'm sure a lot of you out there do, whether you're old or young, Um, and in the TikTok video, there was this young woman talking about this uh, little computer game that Kanye West had actually produced, Um, and in the computer game, I think it's called uh, Kanye, um, I wish I knew the name of it. I'm sure you guys could look it up. Just look up Kanye and his computer game. But in the computer game, it's a very uh, simple RPG game. You go through it. You do little tasks and whatever. And then there's a question that somebody asks you. um, It's very important based off of how you answer it. So if you answer the question and you press send, the game glitches and it goes into another space that's exactly what you guys are talking about. It's a pyramid structure with rooms and it's just gray or white or black and white, however you would explain it. And it's just rooms. And they're different. The higher you go up in the pyramid, the more conscious and more challenging the experience is. Um, so it's interesting. Because what if, you know, there's a lot of talk about the conspiracies. There's a lot of talk about, um, you know, secret organizations and what they know based off of what the public doesn't know. And thinking about that. Um, For someone like Kanye West, who I don't know anything about, but just the way that he's been reacting, especially in the media lately, and uh, with his uh, run for office that seemed to have caused a lot of controversy and brought up a lot of topic, um, how interesting is it that he did this quite a while ago? I think it was like in 2007 or something, like it was quite a while ago. And um, now we're seeing more and more of these people who are kind of hinting things, like they're dropping stuff, but they had been dropping it for years. And now people, because we're in this new rise of energetic transition, it's almost like people who weren't willing to learn before are now willing to get up and actually learn or take a hold of the experiences or be more aware of what's happening in their environment. Um, we had mentioned last time, not on, uh, on the mics, but, uh, when we had our messages together, um, there was something special that they had mentioned about the sacred medicines. Um, do you remember what we were talking about then? Um, you have to jog my memory a little bit more of the, um, oh, okay. Yeah. Um, it's, uh. Well, as you said, it's something that occurs naturally in the body. The DMT, yeah. Yeah. So the, the fact that, again, that that is there, um, to me, means that there's a reason for it to be there. Mm-hmm. Um, we're extremely complicated bioelectrical, chemical, you know, uh, units. Mm-hmm. And it takes a lot of energy to create... Um, organs and things like that and so why why do we have this there why is this why does it also occur in plants and things like that so that you can 
uh, utilize it in this manner. Um, it's it just is <laughs> like when you when you do it, you'll like you'd understand. Like again, it's just you, the feel that you get from it. it may not be the same for everyone. For some, it might be just too overwhelming if you're not ready for that type of thing. Um, but it will change the way you you look and think about the world. So. And as like a, a slight segue, but still pulling it, kind of reining it all in, there's a number of sacred medicines all over the planet um, that are used throughout all of history. And also just, you know, I do not endorse any recreation of this at all. So um, I wouldn't agree with you if you came up to me and you said, oh, I'm just going to go do it just because I definitely have to be ready for the sacred experience. Um, a number of these different things are the ayahuasca, peyote, combo, um, the psilocybin mushrooms, you know, there's different um, sacred medicines that are, they're plant medicine, they're from the earth, um, and they are experiences that can, you know, higher develop uh, like what you're susceptible to or aware of. So it's pretty spectacular if you understand what you're getting into. I feel like that's with anything in the spiritual realm. Um, I as a spiritual practitioner myself, being a sound healer and um, doing a number of different techniques with my tarot, astrology, Akashic and everything. Um, it's really important to know that we're always learning. <laughs> we're not here to say like um, that we know everything ever, especially even if you're a, a master in, in a particular um, arena, you're still, you know, learning. So to me, this is, it's awesome to not only talk about this, but just to have these kinds of conversations in general. I feel like it opens up the, the floor to people who maybe they're, as we say in the witch world, um, in the broom closet. They haven't quite come out and um, explained who they are and, and what they believe and what they feel because of um, the either segregation or, you know, people being very judgy. <laughs> so, um being more open to, you know, you can still have your opinions and beliefs, but just being more open instead of uh, immediately judging or discounting something, uh, definitely a topic for the ascension coming up. Um, for you, Rose, what other things did you really experience? Anything that you can think of that you were having any hard times with or why was the fear coming up was kind of what we mentioned earlier. Um, well, I... I think I was more um, timid, um, so I didn't I didn't want to go as as deep and as far into it. Um, but then when I only went to that like first level, that's black and white and gray and wormy, wiggly, just something just cartoony and off. That was like. Okay, I well, I don't want to go there. It's like bending on steroids. <laughs> too, too timid, so I wanted to go further, but I was still. I, I think I still held back because, you know, as we said, it was a uh, a vape cartridge. So the amount of breathing I did, or even holding it in, and it, and you go right away. So <laughs> I think I held back, but then I was. Kind of sad that I didn't, um, you know, I didn't trust it um, like I did the first time. I think I definitely did more, but you know, because we had somebody there, and I think also the cartridge itself. But I thought this, I don't want to miss an opportunity. I'm here, I'm safe, I'm, you know, I'm right beside Eric. I can feel his love. I'm in a good, you know, I can mm -hmm. go there if I want to. I am good hands, you know, I'm safe, I'm loved, it's going to be okay. Um, uh, but I also went in, when it was just uh, the two of us, I also went in looking um, to talk to either my dad or, or just something that was like that, that if I have this connection with him and he is passed on, if he is anywhere nearby, Sometimes he might, you know, I felt over the years that he was nearby for one reason or another. And then I didn't, um, he wasn't there, which was disappointing. And I think I let that become like 
my emotions were high because I was, I was vulnerable and I went somewhere. I did go like deep enough just to like try. But then after that point, I was like, it can't just keep going there expecting something. That's not what it's for. You can't just, okay, show me the magic. I'm here. (laughs) If you're not ready for it, it won't happen anyways. So, um, and I was sad that he wasn't there, but then, you know, then later on I thought about it and I thought, well, it's okay that he wasn't there because he could be somewhere else or he could be everywhere. Or could, it's not for me to worry about. Right. Um, so I don't know. I, I think that's a normal thing to do. And from what I had heard, like, yeah, you can go try to talk to somebody. Um, but if you're not, um, I would say creative enough or like the way, you know, Eric is used to lucid dreams or like, how do you go as deep? And I believe that like his breathing even before, like um, facilitated it more, the way he breathed, the way he went for it versus the way I did. Right. I think that's why he was able to have such um, amazing and productive, somewhat productive experiences. So. <laughs> <laughs> to kind of chime in on that too, um, being like a spiritual practitioner, I think it has a lot to do with the state of your, we were talking about how your emotions were a certain way. Um, I think that, I think his emotions were kind of put in a certain box or like they were set aside for a, for a second, you know? And I feel like for you, um, the initial response was you're a very feeling, very deep person. So your reactions are based off of the very feeling, very deep, like, if you see something, you're going to really take in all of that and, like, really feel it and feel it out and, and respond or react to it. So I think that the challenge was more so um, maybe something along those lines rather than, like, you weren't able to or you weren't talented enough because you're you're really, really strongly psychic. I just think that there's a lot of protection around you and that um, there's, like, a there's a reason why that you didn't, you know, obviously there's always a reason, but there was a reason to protect you from something that could have been worse, I guess, and emotional. So could be. that's what I feel. <laughs> yeah. Well, sometime in the future when I feel even more safe and even more ready, you know, then maybe that will happen. But again, who even knows, like, that's not for me to say like, when that day will be. But I, I, I trust um, the sacred medicine that it is, so someday. <laughs> I think that's a really important point, too, is that trust mechanism with anything that you're doing, because um, that's why we're saying with that being ready and whatnot, you really have to be ready if you're going to do something that's this powerful, because I feel like you know people talk about bad trips, they talk about good trips, mushrooms is quite the... Uh, one of the conversations I've had with many a friend, um, I've never personally tried it myself, but I've heard that um, you can either have a really good trip or a really bad trip, and you're a part of the earth when you're having that experience. So if you don't want to, you know, wake up with some kind of energetic fear or whatnot, um, definitely know that you have to go in with an intention, and it has to be something that's, like, in your highest good, no matter what. I kind of have that as a rule of thumb in spiritual work, because even if you are, you know, new to it, you're a new baby witch, or you're new at experiencing um, spiritual wellness on any caliber, um, you definitely have to apply that comfort to yourself. Like, I don't know anything, but I trust that in my highest good that this experience is going to go really well and whatever I need to hear, I'm going to take away from it. That's all you can do. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, I'm trying to think. There was another awesome topic that you had actually mentioned. Um, what what Was there anything that you – did you see anybody there that you um, had a conversation with in, in lieu of your dad? Or was there anything else that you had saw when you were really wanting that, um, that experience with him? Um, yeah, somebody was there. But they were mostly there to just say, I'm sorry, he's not here. Very interesting. <laughs> like, um, I, I had been told by – Bhavani, that I think she referred to a gatekeeper. She said, you can, sure, just ask the gatekeeper, you know, ask by name who you'd like to um, speak to. But um, 
they just said, you know, he's not here. So whoever was staying, like, and I guess gatekeeper makes sense in a way because they're there, but you're, you don't know what's behind them and you don't see anything else and you're asking for something and they're like, no, sorry. Interesting. You know, kind of just a dark figure, just some, something. something. Yeah. That's so cool. Yeah, I... Um, I don't know. I just thought that this would be a pretty spectacular topic to chat with you guys about. Um, the reason that in the podcast it says explicit is because, yes, we're talking about topics that um, I don't necessarily want children to be listening into immediately. I mean, maybe eventually, but just not in this moment. Um, really talking about topics that are pretty important for development and also for self-reflection. Um, so. Um, a little bit more, uh, anything else that you guys wanted to add or something you feel drawn to talking about, something that goes through your mind? Um, I mean, just kind of following up on, on what you were just saying of, you know, uh, the nature of the overall topic. Um, I don't feel it's necessary. Mm -hmm. um, it's, it's definitely not the only way, and I feel like the capacity is inside my own brain without that. Mm -hmm. So, you know, it's changed the way that I look at like meditation, um, breathing, you know, just a lot of things in my regular daily life now. Um, so yeah, again, to anybody that is, you know, worried or wondering, like you don't have to, it's, it's not the only way to, to get to these places and to, you know, hear things, see things, understand things differently. Um, it helps, <laughs> it helped, helped us, but uh, it, yeah, it's definitely something that I think exists inside your your own mind, mm -hmm. um, The that capability. Um, so it's, you know, it's, it's done good for me, but um, yeah, I, I wanna continue uh, looking at new and other ways, and like I said, just just day-to-day -day life and, and how I, because I, I now have the impression, even though I have the idea or, you know, the, the, I feel like and I, that I know that this world isn't everything. Right. There's other things past there and all that. This world is still important and we are or must be here for some sort of a reason. Right. Um, and so kind of now I'm like more focused on that in a way it focused me more onto this world, even though I know it's not the only thing. I'm like, okay, but I am here now for something, for some reason. Um, so, yeah, that was kind of like what I've taken away from it at this point. Right. I think um, it's pretty spectacular to not only have met you guys, but just to have this kind of conversation and just be willing to share these kinds of messages. Um, I feel like just as a person as a whole, like if you want to be the best you, you know, like being able to connect with people, being able to share your, you know, integral and uh, individual self, um, taking accountability for things that you decide to do and what it, what it happens, you know, there's always consequences, which uh, even though the words sound so intense, it's always positive and negative. So, um, being able to take away from those experiences is the most important. Everything that we do on this planet, for sure, is is all encompassed. It's not just uh, oh, I you know I made a shitty de decision. Uh, how can I do that? No, it's you made that shitty decision, but kind of like how Thor's mom from the Avengers tells Thor, yes, you failed, but it's because you weren't being your entire self, you know, mm -hmm. and that just is all part of who you are as a person. So. I am really honored to have done this with you guys, and we can do episodes later for sure if you want. Um, her dad's like my favorite topic, so that's going to be something I'm going to want to <laughs> chat about. But overall, um, if you guys are interested in doing any podcast yourself, um, I will be available to take any emails. The email is crystalprophecyllc at gmail.com. Um, this will be available on Spotify and any other platforms. I'm thinking about Patreon as well. Um, so you guys will hear those and you'll be you'll have access to the episodes as they come out. And um, I will also be posting um, pictures of Eric's amazing rings because you guys can have exposure to the other mass talents he has and Rose's beautiful mosaics that are made from um, bottle caps. So 
hopefully you guys can check that stuff out and we'll continue on with the episode so thank you guys so much this was kiara eric and rose um for the spirituality and the tea that we had again was that lovely breathe with licorice and all that yumminess so thank you guys for tuning in and uh stay fresh